This podcast episode reflects the opinions of the guests and not of Brown Rudnick. This episode is presented for informational purposes only and is not intended to be construed or used as general legal advice nor a solicitation of any type. Brown Rudnick does not represent that the securities, products, or services discussed in this podcast are suitable for any particular investor. guys, today we're talking with Yupinda Bula, the co-founder and CEO of SwissVault. SwissVault is a Baal, Switzerland-based data management company offering solutions that save space and, crucially, energy. Bupinda is a scientist and technology project manager with a PhD in molecular oncology. He led a team of drug discovery scientists at Novartis Pharma prior to founding his own deep tech startup companies. We're also joined by Peggy. Peggy is the CFO of the company, and she's also joining from Switzerland. Peggy Bunsley is a finance professional with a background in sustainability, having worked in both the private and public sector, including as the budget director for the city of Boulder, Colorado. We are thrilled to speak with you both today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Brilliant. So I'm going to start off with directing the first question to Bupinda. Could you please tell us about Swiss Fault and your journey from the pharmaceutical industry to deep tech? So basically in pharma, as you mentioned, my background is in molecular oncology. What I was trying to do was lead a group on researching new medicines. And I'm trained in genomics, and I started a project during my pharma tenure to identify mutations that make cancer samples more resistant to the drugs that we have. And we were sequencing the genome, and what we the first thing that became evident was that we produced a lot of data. In fact, for one cancer sample, we were producing the equivalent of a thousand DVD movies. So that became a, an issue in a sense, how are we going to manage all this data, especially when genomics becomes the standard test that patients will do in, in hospitals. But we weren't thinking about it so, so much until it became evident when you look at the genome sample, you start to see certain markers that can indicate the person's ethnicity, height, weight, hair color, eye color. And we thought, this is your most private data, but this data doesn't belong to you. It belongs to everyone in your family tree and future descendants. And so when I was talking with my co-founder, Doug Fortune, who has 30 years of experience kind of building data storage systems, we said we need to address this problem. There wasn't really a solution that we could put our finger on that said this really addresses the need for privacy. So that's how the project started, looking for a way that we can help people preserve their privacy with genetic data and help hospitals manage this vast amount of data that's coming down the pipeline. And so what was your light bulb moment? Um, for Swiss Fall? You know, when you think of data storage, you think of, you know, selling all these data storage boxes. But the, the light bulb moment happened when I realized it's not about selling data storage boxes. It's about helping people manage their genetic data with privacy. And this is central to the future of our democracy and people's liberties. Because imagine if your genetic data gets exposed, it affects everyone in your family tree that are, you know, generations to come, basically. So in case that they get denied life insurance or job or school, et cetera. And the second light bulb moment happened was that in Switzerland, I have a friend who works in the Swiss electricity company, and he told me about the energy consumption from data centers. So we knew that we had to build a more efficient data storage device that would be critical for the future of data management. And that we knew that the current competitors were not really addressing that. They were building these very high-end, high-power, high-compute systems. So there's this open area where we could build 
things that were much more energy efficient. That all really resonates. Um, Peggy, who are the other kind of key team members that are helping you achieve this light bulb moment? Uh, yeah, so along with Doug and Bupinder, we have a team, a total team of 12, I would say tech enthusiasts with a breadth of experience in hardware, software, and business development. And the one thing that binds us all is our passion for sustainability. We use our internal know-how. We have built our first systems. We've acquired some large organizations to do pilot testing for our first major prototype. And that's very exciting. Um, along with the general tech team that's working with us, I would say that the key people in the leadership position of the company include myself um, and, of course, Doug and Bupinder. And then additionally, we have Frédéric Schmilliver, who was a co-founder of his own startups, and he's managed sales teams across Europe and Africa that have worked in the solar panel energy business. Then we also have John Hawkins, who is a seasoned professional in product management coming from the telecom industry. Where does data management storage and specifically energy consumption associated with data storage, which we know can be quite high, fit in the context of climate change? So there are several elements, actually. So first of all, as you just mentioned, the, the consumption of energy for data storage is extremely high. So currently, at least 3% of the world's energy production is used in data management across the globe. Um, and that's actually more than, for instance, a whole country like Germany's electricity consumption. So it's really very significant, and it's growing tremendously. It's expected to reach 10% uh, by 2025. In terms of carbon footprint, that's about 3.7% of the global carbon footprint, so that's very significant. So reducing the consumption used for data management and data storage is very key in order to be able to sustain the growth of data that is just overwhelming us. Additionally, one of the things about data storage is that it has all this hardware, and there's a ton of electronic waste. With a three to five year typical life cycle of your typical server, that produces a significant amount of electronic waste. And so what we're trying to do is address both of those things, reducing the consumption and then also reducing electronic waste. So Swiss Vault is aiming to build data storage systems with zero waste. What are the biggest challenges to this goal? I'll talk about what we first did from the, from the get-go. Is we purposely designed the system to be fit for purpose with a circular economy. What we did was we designed with very few parts. When you get rid of all the unnecessary parts, you have already made it much more simple to recycle and recover the component parts. But of course, there are some things that we still struggle with, like for instance, our suppliers bring us power supply units or fans or other things that we have to work with them to make sure that they have a way to recycle this so we can bring it back to them and they disassemble, put it to some sort of recycling process. Printed circuit boards are our own design and we can't really recycle them at the moment. It's very difficult. They're 30% of these printed circuit boards would probably pass through any recycling facility. And so what we did was uh, we are now working with a, a university team at the University of Gothenburg in Sweden and also a leading electronics recycler in Austria. And what we're trying to do is evaluate the design of our printed circuit boards and to rationally produce them for 100% recovery of materials. And that's how we're approaching this next phase of our development using sensors from the University of Gothenburg, labeling all of our component products, putting them through recycling pipelines, and then seeing what can we design better and so that it can be fully recycled. It sounds like there's a, there's a great market opportunity for this product. Peggy, what markets are you currently operating in and what do you see as the potential opportunity? So the global data storage market is currently about $150 billion, and it's growing exponentially. So there's a huge market overall. Um, specifically for us, we're targeting entry into the Europe and North American markets. 
because that's where a bulk of the global data storage market is. And additionally, it's an area where sustainability is of importance and also privacy with data and the interest in having data on site uh, in some cases, and particularly in the health sector, which we're very interested in working in. And uh, if you could take sort of pare that down, the current market is probably about 16 billion in that area that we're targeting to start with. What is SwissWalt doing differently than other data management solutions? We are looking at the zero waste uh, and full circular economy for our products. That's one of the, the differentiators. But the second one that's critical is this 100-year data storage strategy. So when you want to stay, store things for 100 years, you have to build your systems from the ground up that are going to last for a very long time. So Peggy mentioned, for instance, three to five years is uh, the typical lifespan for the data storage, current data storage racks. And what we have done is we designed the data storage racks for 20 years. So 20 years already decreases the cost for our customers, but also decreases electronic waste, but also makes it easier to manage that data. That data is going to be archived, but always accessible. And this way, we're doing things a little bit different from what the current management solutions are, which have a much more rapid turnaround and usually a much shorter cycle. And turning to capital, what have you raised to date? How much are you looking to raise and how are you going to deploy it? Well, we started with uh, an injection, of course, of some funds from the co-founders themselves. And then we were very fortunate to be able to raise money through grants and awards. And in fact, we've raised over $2.5 million uh, since we began a couple of years ago. So we're very excited about that. That includes $1.7 million that we raised from the Horizon 2020 program. And that funding has allowed us to do a couple of things. First of all, we were able to produce and even sell some proof of concept early stage prototype systems. Uh, we've also now created and have for sale a desktop solution. And then that funding has also allowed us to do the major development work on the tech side. So what we are now needing to do is to raise capital in order to take us from that development side to the actual going to market on a bigger scale. Um, and really in the first 12 to 18 months coming up after this investment round, what we're looking for is the ability to take our big systems to some significant customers that are going to be the people that have connections and network and that can show others that our product is valid and can be used for a number of different things. So we already are in touch with those potential customers and in conversations with them. And we're looking to do that, but we're going to need funding in order to be able to do the marketing that's necessary in advance of that. Uh, some of the things like the final certifications of products, and of course, getting some of the material. We are talking about a hardware as well as a software here. So some of the materials and production up and running in order to have those systems out the door to our first customers. And we're trying to raise $2 million in a convertible note immediately to be able to do that. Great. So with this um, kind of funding and, and plans for funding, what is your growth strategy for Swissfold over the next 24 months? For the next 24 months, we definitely will be scaling our sales team and increasing our outreach to customers. Data storage is universal. So we will definitely look at going beyond healthcare and research to financial and government sectors as well, because their data is also growing and needs to be stored for very long periods of time. To do this, to achieve this, we are growing our North American teams and also our European-based teams. Bupinder, is there any piece of advice that you received during your career or um, in your time building Swiss Vault that stands out and may be particularly useful for another clean tech um, entrepreneur just uh, just starting out or, and listening? Well, I think clean tech is a really great area to work in because and my advice would be that, first of all, cultivate a mindset of making 
a positive difference in society, which we already do with clean tech, but align it with higher universal truths. And that is that way, no matter what you do, it will always be good and you will find traction. When you do that, of course, it should be nonsensical that you, you find your purpose. And I think this is also critical. When I found my purpose, it, it just things got easier because I always found the energy to and drive to fulfill one's goals. And Nietzsche says that he who has a way to live can bear almost any how. So I would say probably those two things is that, you know, align yourself with higher universal truths and also find your purpose. So it's been a pleasure to speak with you guys, and that was really insightful. Um, could you please give us an idea of um, how people can get in touch with you if they want to reach out? I think our website is the best way, uh, swisswat.global. We have a contact form there. We also check our social media channels. If someone leaves us a message, we hope to aim to respond very quickly. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. That was really helpful. So I just want to say a massive thank you to both Bupinda and Peggy for joining us today and of course Greenbackers for putting together the Super Pitch. Um, be sure to check out all of the companies participating in the Super Pitch at greenbackers.com. Thanks guys. If you have feedback on today's episode, please contact communications at brownrudnick.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.